Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is... At Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, 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 folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this one hour with me. We're going to have a good time. We're going to also take care of business. Automation is a topic of concern today. Uh, sort of a, 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 a continuation of the program that we had on KPFT 90.1 FM here in Houston on Thursday. A lot of people thought that uh, the way I expressed about uh, automation and how we handle that particular problem was somehow utopian. And what I try to explain to folks is, no, it's not utopian. Automation is, yes, automation is killing jobs. Yes, it is true that automation is starting to, uh, why should I, how, how should I put this? It is starting to zap at basically uh, employment that employment of any kind, employment that where people make good money. I know, know you guys remember when welding was a, a profession where you could make some good money. Robots are doing that now. Dive-in professions where you can make some good money. Robots are doing that right now. Many things that robots are doing, and people say, well, what's going to happen to the, the, now we're talking about drivers. People are going to be driving. But anyhow, before we get to the program, let's kind of get updated on a few things. Our good old Presidente Trump came out with his tax plan. And that tax plan was kind of interesting, right? Who benefited most from that tax plan? Yes, we know the very, very continuous uh, statement that those of us on the left are always talking about. It is all the money is going to the wealthy. Of course, it's always true, but it always it reaches to the point of monotony when we continuously talk about the wealthy getting wealthier and the poor getting poorer and so forth. So what we need to really do is actually put numbers to these things, and not only numbers, but policy to these things and how they function. So earlier on in the week, I wrote a, a, a blog, and actually this wasn't the blog of the week, but now that I'm, now that I'm talking about this, it, it is actually one of the blogs that I should have covered, because as soon as uh, I, I want I wanted to get to the gist of that blog, if I can if I can find it on my Facebook thing, on, on my thing here, because a lot of people sit back there and think that, oh, those rich people are the ones who deserve to have this money, and somehow it is okay for them because, after all, then they earn that money, then they really, uh, then they really work harder than your garbage man, then they work harder, harder than your stockbroker, then they work harder than your banker, Actually, no, they didn't. Um, I mean, the, these, these guys that are the, the wealthy don't work much harder than the other guy on the streets. Now, the, because of the design of uh, capitalism and how we work, we decided to uh, uh, gradate. Uh, we, we had levels of gradations of uh, employment, and, and based on pricing, we decide, based on our own man-made economy, how that is going to be uh, spread out. And is it done equitably? Absolutely not. It's not done equitably at all. Otherwise, some of the most, if it were done equitably, some of the most or well-paid people would have been whom? Teachers, because they are the ones who promote and move, uh, move our knowledge forward, right? So the reality is if, if and only if we were a fair society, if we really were a fair society where people were compensated for the work that they did, then it is, it, is, it is very clear, it is very clear that the people who would have been making great monies would be teachers. Teachers 
are the most important group of folk to our society, bar none. And when I talk about teachers, I'm not only talking about the high school teacher. I'm not only talking about the college professor. I'm talking about people who teach. You know, you could be a teacher yourself. You are moving knowledge further. You are the ones that ensure that society continues to move forward. I'm trying, as I speak to you, to find that particular blog that I wrote this week about taxes because I had a very important concept in there that I wanted to get to you. But of course, when you're looking for something at the time that you're looking for something, somehow you never find it. Uh, So I am going to kind of search a little bit more before I, okay, here it is. Trump, this this is a blog that I wrote as soon as the tax plan came out. I called it Trump's tax cut means we pay rich people twice. And of course, I said, really, because that is the truth. We pay people twice. And the next concept I said, or the next thing I said, we must resist. And here's what I said. MSNBC hosts Ali Belshi and Stephanie Rule and Washington Post opinion columnist Catherine Rampell discussed the Trump tax plan right after its unveiling. They concluded that those selling it are lying and that it will do nothing to create jobs. And this is what I want everybody to remember. Lowering the tax rate on both corporations and personal businesses is a huge tax giveaway to whom? To Trump and his wealthy ilk. Why? These are tax cuts that benefit very few folks on the high end of the income spectrum. Don't be fooled because they may tell you, oh, we're going to give a tax cut to people here and there. What they did to kind of make some of these numbers look a bit better is they took away everybody's deductions. I don't know what, if you do your own taxes, I do my own taxes. I have a ton of deductions, not only my mortgage deduction, not only my deduction on sales taxes, but a lot of other deductions on, uh, on, on, by the way, they got rid of the sales tax deduction, but they kept the charitable contribution. I have a lot of charitable contribution deductions. I have a lot of uh, mortgage, uh, well, not a lot anymore because my house is almost paid for, but also um, I have deductions for all kinds of things, giveaways here and there, and all of that has been eliminated in order to give these tax breaks to a few people. So let's, let's be cognizant of these different realities. It is very, very, very important. So don't believe the hype. And by the way, except for Ali Belshi and Stephanie Rule on MSNBC, very few people are going into the nitty-gritty of how this is really going on. So I'm going to tell you something. CNN uh, for a while, they kind of got, kind of been getting their act together. But as far as scrutinizing the tax plan so far, and by the way, I watch three, four channels at the same time. I have this box here that allows me to kind of scan and tape these guys at the same time. And I don't see a lot of action going on except from Ali Belshi. So on MSNBC, check out Ali Belshi. He comes out with great stats. He comes out with great fact-based information. The other thing, unpaid for tax cuts, or rather, unpaid for tax cuts are paid for by deficits. In other words, these tax cuts are going to be paid by deficits, and what uh, they're saying is, oh, somehow it's going to be recovered by growth, right? Oh, sure, it will be recovered by growth. The tax cuts, one, the wealthy gets two checks, right? In other words, by having this tax plan, the wealthy got two checks. Two checks. People say, oh, how is that? Well, this is how they did it. The wealthy gets two checks, the tax cut, that's a check, and the second check, the interest for financing the deficit, yes, we give them a tax cut so they can loan us back our own money, and then we pay them an interest twice. Think about that. We, can, we then give them interest on the bonds they buy to keep the government. They are pillaging functioning. What is ironic is that they benefit the most from the taxes as we keep the country safe with a strong military, we educate the people they need to make a profit, and we build and pay for the infrastructure that they use. So it's time, folks, for people to wake up. Remember, we are still living in the Reagan Bush 1, Bush 2 tax cuts that have stifled, that have stifled growth as it meant less money in the hands of those who spend it the fastest. Remember one of the only times we have 
ever had consistent 3% growth. Consistent 3% growth was when President Clinton raised taxes. Imagine that. These guys are singing the praises. We need to cut taxes to improve the economy. The only time that we've got consistent 3% growth in the, in, the, in the last few decades was when President Clinton raised taxes. Look it up. Don't listen to my words. Look it up. This is a fact-based channel. We are not going to spin anything out of here when it, to, to serve any purposes, folks. <clears throat> Sorry about the coughing. I'm, I'm getting over a cold. I was supposed to be at the, the, um, I was supposed to be at the climate the climate march here in Houston, but I felt too darn sick to go out there. So um, I decided I better do the show, uh, show because these are some import, important things going on here. Anyhow, moving on, moving on. It is time to wake up. It is time to wake up. We cannot and must not take the pressure off our politicians. So remember, folks, keep the pressure on. Keep calling your politicians and make sure that they are there listening to you. Make sure that they're there listening to you. They're running scared now because the opposition is activated. But before I get into our automation uh, call or our automation discussion, I kind of think we better go ahead and say, do you know what time it is? It's time for the weekly blog post. Weekly blog post. Weekly blog post. That is nice. I'm trying not to. Here, here we go. The weekly blog post. Title: Robert Reich slams Trump's corporate tax cut. He calls it appallingly dumb. <coughs> appallingly dumb. And here it goes. Robert Reich continues his crusade against the destructive policies Donald Trump is trying to effect on Americans. He provides five specific reasons why his corporate tax cut is dumb. It's, we're going to be get into automation, Bo, in a little bit. The five reasons Robert Reich pointed out are specific and easy to understand by all. And it goes as follows. One, the White House says the United States has one of the highest corporate tax rates in the world. Guess what? That is baloney. <coughs> Complete baloney. After corporate deductions and tax credits, the typical, the typical corporation pays an effective tax rate of 27.9%, only a tad higher than the 27.7% <coughs> that advanced nations, other advanced nations pay. So that first part that Trump puts out there, line number one, Trump's corporate tax cut will bust the federal budget according to the Congress's own joint committee on taxation. It will reduce federal revenues by $2 trillion over how many years? 10 years. Talking about busting the budget, that's about 200-something billion dollars deficit per year to give it to somebody else who's going to loan it back to us who we then pay interest to. Oh, my God, Americans. We got to do better. We got to force these guys, first of all, not even to attempt to pass this thing. This will either require huge cuts in programs for the poor <coughs> or additionally tax, uh, additional tax revenues from the rest of us. Third, the White House, uh, the White House says the tax cuts will create a jump in economic growth that will generate enough new revenue to wipe out any increase in the budget. Um, where did we hear that again? I don't know if anybody remember the Reagan versus Bush primaries back in the early 80s. Remember that? It was called, Bush called it voodoo economics. Voodoo economics. I wrote a book about uh, some of that as well. I, well. I included it in my book called Class Warfare, the Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. Check the book out at Amazon. Class Warfare, the Only Resort to right-wing doom. I wrote that when I took two months to write it, pissed off in a Starbucks and said, I got to do my little tiny part and all of us need to do our little tiny part. Anyhow, moving on. The Congressional, uh, the Congressional Research Services reviewed tax cuts since 1945 and found no evidence they generate economic growth. 
Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush both cut taxes and both ended their presidencies with huge budget deficits. Bill Clinton raised taxes and the economy created more jobs than it did under Bush or Reagan. Folks, these are facts. You can look it up. To a whole lot of people, facts don't mean anything. So that's fine. Just remind them as they continue to be snowed by Senor Trump that watch their pocketbook because they will pay with their pocketbook. Again, a lot of people now, we're in a fact-less society. All right, fourth, American corporations don't need a tax cut. They're relatively hugely competitive as measured by their profits, which are at near record highs. So American companies are at near record high profits. And what about us, the peons, the regular average working Americans? We haven't seen a real raise in over 30 years. We have been barely hanging on. Think about this, folks. Don't be fooled. You're, uh, for those who are Trump voters that are listening to me, <clears throat> and by the way, these, I, I hope you guys are going to share these videos so that your other folks can see them as well. Because we can't just do it. We can't just be in an echo chamber where we listen to somebody we like and we just stay in here within our own echo chamber. We have to spread the word. We have to, sometimes we got to piss people off by sending stuff to them that they may not want to hear in front of you. But trust me, in the long run, they listen. And a little piece of thing comes right back in their, the back of your head, and they listen. They listen. So do remember that. John, I see you're on. I'll be coming to you in a minute. The White House said corporations will use the extra profits they get from the tax cuts to invest in one more capacity and, or rather, in more capacity and jobs. That is rubbish, according to Wright. They are now using a large portion of their profits to buy back their shares of stock and to buy other corporations. That's what they do. They don't give it in raises to their employees. No. They just buy back their corporate their stocks so that those, those shareholders' stocks increase in value. And those executives who get paid in stock options, their stock options rate, rise, rise dramatically. So it's all a self-fulfilling, self-enriching thing. So the tax cuts is not only for, for well, they claim economic activity. That's not what it's for. It's to actually enrich a few. And we have to keep that in our psyche. Do not be fooled by Trump and Republican bluster claiming that tax cuts revive economies. They do not. Every time Republicans have instituted those policies, they have tanked our economy. It's, it's likely for that reason that our economy always, and I say again, always does better under, under democratic control. Yeah, because we spend, Democrats spend, and also Democrats at times raise taxes to cover the spending. Of course, Republicans like to cut taxes and sometimes spend as well. But the kind of spending they do is not the spending that raises the economy. Let's give an example. They talk about infrastructure spending. Do you think they, they're talking about taking monies out of our budget, even if it means borrowed at a very low percentage rate, and building freeways, et cetera? That's not what they're talking about doing. Their infrastructure spending sounds like this. Oh, we are not going to use the government's money in, in, great, in great amounts. That $2 trillion that are sitting down overseas that corporations have, let's allow them to bring that money back into the U.S., <clears throat> Use that money to invest in infrastructure. These private companies invest in infrastructure, and the infrastructure that they invest in, they can then charge you. <coughs> they can charge you to use the infrastructure that they built. If you look around Texas, we're building uh, toll roads all over the state, privately owned roads. So uh, what's going on here? is yet again, instead of building for the commons, instead of using our composite monies for infrastructure to serve us all, even when we're going to build out our infrastructure, something that used to serve all Americans, we're allowing businesses to pilfer the middle class and the poor once again. Even in building infrastructure, even in building infrastructure, we are continuing 
the pilfer. So folks, it is imperative that you that you understand these concepts. Don't be a lot of the reporters out there that you see talking about, okay, they're gonna bring the monies back and reinvest in America. It's not true. They're gonna reinvest in themselves. They're bringing back, they want to bring back the $2 trillion that are sitting in banks overseas without having paid taxes. They want to bring it back at a very low tax rate or no taxes to build freeways and bridges and airports that then you don't get to use for free because it's a common. You pay to use it. It's important, people. It is very important that you share these kinds of videos so that people understand the kind of pilfering that goes on. Folks, the telephone number <coughs> is, and I don't know what the telephone number is yet, <coughs> the telephone number 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. Our subject today, automation, rethink how capitalism or what capitalism should really be. Before I go to John, I just want to make a few comments. We had we spoke about this a few uh, a few bit on Thursday, and John had some views as well on that, and others had some other views. They thought my views were utopian. My my tenet is as follows: Do not fear automation. Do not try to hold back automation. Make automation, which is also a part of our economy, serve us all by forcing our government to institute regulations in such a manner that it serves us, the people. What does that mean? That's a, some, that is some esoteric, that's an esoteric framework to say the following. If we have more robots doing the work that people normally do, what we need to do is not necessarily have less people working. What we need to do is have more, all people working at very small hourly increments, meaning maybe we start by the 30-hour week. As automation gets bigger and trucks are automatically driven by something else, the, the workload goes down. We go ahead and the, the work week may drop to 20 hours. It may eventually drop to 10 hours. People say, well, how can you afford to feed your family at 10, hour, 10, week, 10 hours a week? Well, the reality is, that is where regulations come in. And again, I, it, it is above my pay grade to, to answer all these questions. But just like the current economy is a man-made economy, we can make an economy that takes care and solves those problems as far as how the profits from automation, which was created by us all, is redistributed in an equitable manner because you know what? All of us, or the intellect of all of us, the purchasing power of all of us, the soldiers and everybody who makes sure that America is the America that it is, play a part in keeping these businesses alive. So all the spoils for automation should not be owned or gone to a few. We'll expand on that as the conversation goes. I'd love to hear some of your ideas, both here on Facebook Live, and I'd love for some of you to consider calling 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. Give me a call if you're at a phone, your cell phone. Give me a call if you're on Facebook. You can actually make telephone calls from Facebook as well. So let me open the line here for Brother John out of San Antonio. Come on in, Brian, how, uh, John. How are you doing today, my friend? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing, Egberto? So far, so good. Let's let's entertain the conversation on automation, my friend. Or unless okay. you want to, you want to bring up a point before we get there. No, if you if you want to start on automation, it's that's cool. I mean, I, I just you know I think uh, I mean we've had m many conversations about this or a few anyway, and uh, I I just want to emphasize that you know I think that we we do have a, a lot of agreement uh, as mm -hmm. far as you know I think that uh, societies should be looking uh, to do what you're talking about. Uh, as, right. as time goes on, I, on your show on KPFT on Thursday, I was talking about how Germany 
already has, you know, people working less hours, uh, you know, and also in other European countries, that's the case also. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and also, if you, you know, if you look at, uh, if you look at the post-World War II European countries, uh, that what I would call the social safety net, sometimes conservative, uh, you know, call it the welfare state. Uh, right. I prefer calling it the social safety net because it is a safety net. So, in other exactly. words, uh, if you this has been in place and this has gone back and forth, you know, throughout throughout Europe uh, to where, let's say, in the 70s, it was a lot more, uh, you know, in place, uh, and and now is just like uh, in in as the in as the uh, basically the neoliberals have gained control in America. They've also gain control not as much in Europe but i mean things are definitely moving to the right especially in the left last 5 years and they've gone to right. to the right also since the 80s and so but uh my my point is is that you know when you have a social safety net that essentially captures uh you know, if you're not able to to make a living through employment, they will give you a wage. You know, I mean, and this is also you know happens in America with unemployment to a certain degree. If you can actually uh, follow the rules, if you're actually you know uh, the company actually laid you off and uh, you weren't fired for a reason, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, but 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 I mean, my point is, is what you're talking about. There have been variations of, about this that have that have been in place for decades, that are currently in place. And uh, I don't know about ten hours a week, but I mean about thirty hours a week is you know have been right. in place. And as I said before, this this is you know. Uh, I think a lot of European countries have a more advanced understanding of economics, and this also deals with their moral commitment to the middle class and the working class who need the most help. And uh, it's, it's a shame that, that they're kind of moving away from that, but it's also built in their, their culture to where it's much harder to, to move away from that. But, I mean, I, I think what you're saying is good. I, I guess my main disagreement with you is that uh, I, I just don't. I mean, I see the point. I mean, I've, I've read about, you know, possibly robots doing like heart surgery, you know, uh, better than let's say a, a physician because they don't have, you know, necessarily a nervous tick or may may not have gotten a, bad, a good night's sleep the night before. And so I've read about that, uh, you know. But I, I guess I'm just not as enthusiastic about, you know, having. I, I don't feel that uh, robots in themselves are that positive for society. And we've spoken about, you know, how to how we address this. I was talking about a tax uh, that that has been mentioned, uh, you know, earlier in the year, and uh, Bill Gates was, I think, the first one to build it up. And I'm not a big Bill Gates fan. I think he's done some good things. I think he's done a lot of bad things. But he was the one who did bring it up. And I think that this is something that should be considered. Now, as far as being utopian, you know, uh, what what this Bill Gates tax would probably also be considered utopian – uh, because I mean, right now there's just really very, very little commitment. But there has been a lot of talk on the internet. You know, once he he talked about this in February about you know this is this is a pretty good idea. You right. know, now, because let me just we, put in a second there, John, because I want to add. You, you mentioned taxes, and I think taxes as a redistribution engine is very important. But I want to go further. I I think from a moral standpoint, right. And um, I, the income and wealth, and you notice that I've always spoken about Americans need to assert their worth, right? And the reason I always speak about Americans having to assert their worth, and I'm not changing the subject here, but what I, what I mean is I think we have to get to the point <clears throat> where we don't have the respect and the acquiescence to the broker, the banker, the, 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 uh, the, the magnates. Because we give them more, we give them more power and worth that, than they deserve. It's all a closed circuit. What I want is, and, and capitalism by design, and that's why capitalism eventually will fall on its face because it, it gets top heavy. And um, hi, Dion Margulay. Let's see. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, capitalism 
by design, I mean, because of its design, eventually has to crater. You cannot have one group of people in America growing at a different rate than the other without stifling, without taking everything away from that group, which is what's happening right now. We don't have to talk about, well, maybe that will happen. It was said that would happen, and that is exactly what's happening. It's math. It's simple math. And what folks would like us to do is disregard math and the way it works. What I want, I think the way we get there, however, we have to ensure that the banker, the broker, and all these titans of finance, we lose the necessary respect for them because they really create little. They're just one cog in our economy that doesn't deserve the wealth that they, that they attained or that they've attained. We have to take it away. And I know that sounds bad. I know that sounds, some people say, oh my God, what are you talking about? We take it away via progressive taxes and moving on forward. People can say, oh, it'll affect the economy and all of that. Not really. Here's the deal. As we tax the holy hell out of these folks, those people that are going to be, that receive the redistribution are going to throw those monies right back into creating small companies. They're going to throw that money right back into buying more hot dogs. They're going to buy more, more consumer goods. And all these other things, you're going to see a revitalization like you've never seen before. And that, again, is just math. The reason they don't want to tell you that, your people, your, the bastions of capitalism don't want to tell you that, is simply because it means those that are extraordinarily rich will not be extraordinarily rich anymore. And they do not deserve to be on, look, I love Oprah, I love Bill Gates, I love those people that are trying, or, or, or um, uh, the other billionaire from, uh, uh, you know, I like all of them. But the truth of the matter is, they have not earned those billions that they have. They have not put in the work. I am a software developer. Uh, I created my own company. I made good money. I don't, I, I am doing full-time activism now, but for, for 30 years, I made great money doing, uh, doing software engineering. But the thing about it is the, is the following. I never felt like because I designed this, like all the spoils should always go to me. It was never in my psyche to believe that. You know why? Because I do realize that when I came to this country, I went to the University of Texas. Thank you, Texans. Thank you, Americans, for all the investments that you made in these great universities and colleges throughout this country. Thank you. Because on your backs, or all of us who went to these universities and became successful, we've done that on your backs, and we deserve to pay that back. And how do we pay that back? Hey, doing the kinds of stuff that I'm doing, doing the kind of stuff that John's doing, enlightening people and telling them, yes, you are worthy. You are worthy of what these guys are refusing to give you. And that is why you must resist. That is why you must continue the fight to take what's yours. And it also means, uh, as, as uh, Nick Hauer would talk about, the pitchforks, the pitchforks are coming. John, come on in. No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I think that uh, you make very good points about everything you just said. Uh, you know, let, let me make a let me take a point that you mentioned uh, earlier in the summer. They were you were talking about Jill Stein and how yes, Jill Stein was a, a bit of a hypocrite because she had a lot of money in the stock market. Right. Okay, and you know, I've got a little bit of money myself, and I mean, you know, it's the way it is. And right. you know, I and I decided, you know, made a conscious decision that I'm not going to put my money in the stock market. And when I talk to my friends, they all mm -hmm. say, are you insane? Are you absolutely insane? You know, you, yeah, I made 7% last year in the stock market. I made, you know, whatever, 5%, right. 6%. And you're losing all of that money because, you know, because you decide not to get in the market. And I said, well, I'm, I don't get in the market because – you know, I feel like it's not worth it to me because I would feel like a hypocrite. And right. Because what do these companies do? I mean, most of these companies are not uh, are obsessed with greed. All they care about is the bottom line. 
All they right. care about is just making money and exploiting their workers. And so right. so basically when you're in the stock market, you know, you're you're propping up that system. You're saying this system is okay and all I care about is myself and it doesn't matter how they're exploiting their workers. Uh, all I care about is making more money for myself. And so, I mean, you know, another al- alternative solution is actually just to invest in companies that you believe in, that you believe that they they have, uh, you know, they treat their workers well, and that they're promoting uh, something that that is positive. And so, I mean, that's one alternative. And but I mean, it's just the idea. I mean, I agree with you. I think that the bankers and you know, Dick Durbin said it best as far as the political system. The bankers own this place. They own exactly. politics. They own the, the the entire Republican Party. They own too much of the Democratic Party, and it's a it's a real shame that I have to say that. But it's it's just true. And so, uh, you know, I, I just. I agree with what you're saying, uh, and we we can we can change the system. I mean, it's happened in Europe, uh, you know, in the post World War II era, uh, and it's and we we can change. And it, it you know, I I think it's going to be when I say something about it's utopian. I do think it's going to be just realistically looking at the history of America. I think it'll be a slow process, just like all changes were you know a slow process. Uh, if you look at uh, you know abolition, it, it was a slow process. Yeah. If you look about women yeah. getting the votes, it was a slow process. If you look at you know the civil rights movement, I mean those are the three greatest uh, you know achievements as far as you know change in America, in my opinion. And uh, and you know it's going to take a while, but I mean you know it's. I agree with but, you. It's going to take a while, but let, let me let me just jump in there a second, John. I, you're absolutely right. It's going to take a while. But what we have to do is start building the framework. And I think building that framework means educating Americans. And I don't say that educating in a condescending manner. What happens, as I think I mentioned in the KPFT show before, and, and I'm going to read some of the comments from our great uh, listeners in a little bit. But um, what I want to, uh, we are, we are, we've all been indoctrinated, right? From the time uh, you were born, you were taught that the economy worked in a particular manner. We were taught that some people deserve X amount of salaries. We were taught that the guys who sell insurance should make a percentage of the insurance sale for life. We were taught that the persons who were, uh, that, that, that corporations had a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders and not to the people, not to their employees, not to the persons they sell products to. We were taught all those different concepts. And these are concepts of a man-made economic system. What we have to do is tell people it's a man-made system. It is not divine. So we can see how to change it. We can start either educating politicians into what we want or become politicians ourselves and go out there and start selling these ideas. But before any of these ideas can be realized, it is imperative for us to start changing minds and letting people think, first of all, and I think, believe it or not, I think the most important thing in America, and I continue to say this over and over again, is for every American to know deep inside, deep in the heart, deep in the brain, that you are worthy, not only that you are worthy, but that you're deserving. And when I say deserving, I really mean that you deserve to have. Don't buy into the 47% or takers. Don't uh, even the even the biggest takers defined by Republicans contribute to our economy. Even the the largest takers contribute to our economy. So we have to get our our uh, our our minds away from what was taught to us through the Powell manifesto. You can go to my website also and just scan for Powell Manifesto and, and, and uh, see how this indoctrination was placed on steroids. I mean, it didn't start with the Powell Manifesto. It started before, but the Powell Manifesto placed it on steroids. So, folks, this is a learning experience. Remember, share these videos around because 
what we want to do, and I'm going to excerpt some of these that are, that are particular, uh, of particular interest, because what we have to do is we have to let people know their worth. And John, before I come back to you, I want to read some of the, our, our listeners' comments. Bo Campbell says, tell the speaker that very few shareholders have expressed this particular one of you. It's nice to think that the reason that, they, that, they stock, that the stock market is or benevolent reason, but it isn't so. True, very true, uh, Bo. We also have Bo saying a luxury tax on any individual or corporation so great that uh, there is uh, no way that any profit can be realized. They would abandon using housing as speculative commodity. That is very true. Uh, Dion Miraglia says, and I just lost, uh, you know, lost it. Let's see. Yes, trickle down is false. Yeah, trickle down has never worked. Uh, scrolling down, Bo Campbell again, real estate investors should not be allowed to speculate on single family housing. I don't think they should be able to speculate at all, my friend. Uh, let's see. Because otherwise, you know, we like to think about our economy as, oh, the economy. The reality is the stock market is nothing more than legalized gambling, right? I mean, uh, people like to talk about the EBITDA, okay, earnings before taxes and all these deductions, or they talk about, well, the, uh, the earning ratios and all this sort of thing, and based on the earnings, all of that is bullcrap. All of that is uh, management school mumbo jumbo to try to give some sort of a legality to, to, to legalize gambling on the stock market. But the stock market is nothing more than legalized gambling. And folks, sorry that my picture and stuff is dark. This is a new camera that I'm using, and I haven't yet learned how to adjust the, the lighting scheme. So I'll fix that better some other time. Okay, Dion Mariglia says, I find this conversation very interesting. I'm not quite ready to chime in. I'm listening, though, and learning. Definitely, I'm sharing and hope my friends will check you out, too. Thank you, my friend. Please share and please share widely. We also have Bo Campbell Socialism. We will have, uh, let's see, let's see, we, uh, all be stuck in the middle. There is no incentive to achieve. Um, let, me, let me address that, Bo. Um, the tenant, first of all, I, am, I consider myself a democratic socialist. That's my tenant. And that doesn't, and again, I, I believe in free enterprise. We have been taught to believe that free enterprise and democratic socialism is mutually exclusive. That's not true. I, had a, I have a software company. I'm letting it die down. I'm, all I'm doing now is you know, reaping benefits from selling some of my licenses. But I did my part in, in free enterprise business, and now I'm giving back. Okay? Most people... Most people, I'm telling you, most people want to work. Most people want to be productive. Most people, if given civics in school, how to be a good American, they want to be a part of society, a part of functioning society. The reason why it's been placed in our psyche that somehow socialism, as expressed by many, is going to take away everybody stuck in the middle and nobody trying to advance, that is not true. I didn't have to make a lot of money to be able to want to stay up at four in the morning trying to find a bug in my programs or staying up till midnight or rather till four in the morning to find out, hey, I can make this stuff work. That was intrinsic. And that's how it is with a lot of people. A lot of people go to work not because they want to get rich or not because, uh, not because they do it because they want to. It is built in within us. Later on, a lot, the reason we have some loafers, et cetera, is we haven't, we haven't kept up with the investments in people. You invest in people. You give people dignity. You let people know that they can go out there and achieve. That is what they do. Whomever you are, they achieve. That is what people do. So the fallacy that somehow uh, if we had a, redistrib a more redistributive society, that somehow it will make people sit on their butts and wait for a check, I'm going to tell you something. I've got a big family. And yes, there are some people in the family that would be sitting on their butts waiting for a check. But the vast majority of them are out there busting their butt and enjoying doing so. I think that's important. Come on in, John, with your piece. Yeah, I do agree. I think that, I mean, you know, you, you have that 
in in the Scandinavian countries and what they call you know the, their their uh, idea of, of economics is called the Nordic model. And I don't right. agree with every single thing. Like they're they're a little bit more free traders than I would like. But I mean, mm-hmm. there most of it I do agree with. And you know when you talk about you know capitalism and socialism, I mean. Capitalism is wrapped into socialism. They're not two separate things. Because Thank you, my you know, if, Thank you. <laughs> because you know, if 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 the government control, I mean, un- unfortunately, you have this definition that's in the the dictionaries that is wrong about socialism. Exactly. And, I said that and so, times. yeah, and so also, you know, it, you know, the the countries that that have had, you know, uh, communism. I mean, they've had great things as far as you know, uh, helping their people get get health care. But I mean, socialism does the same thing. And then you have all the advantages that that capitalism can give you. In other words, you can you can earn a good wage. I mean, what you were talking about earlier, socialist countries put an emphasis on education. I mean, the Scandinavian right. countries are the most educated countries, and also in in Western Europe, you know, Germany and. France. I mean, highly educated uh, uh, countries because they put an emphasis on education, and they pay. They do pay their. They pay their uh, teachers at at every level very well, and it's looked upon as a as a great occupation, and they're looked upon in great esteem. And so, I mean, you know, what we need to do is exactly what you were talking about. We need to to tax the people who are wealthy. At higher rates, the way you know the way it was between 1950 and 1970, which were the greatest economic uh, years for everybody in Europe and in America, for the middle class and the working class. You know the the upper class. They already have things well. I mean, they're already living the the life. You know what I'm saying? They don't need more money. They need to to take. Uh, they need to have empathy for that kid who doesn't have health care that needs health care. Uh, that's that's extremely important. Everything and all these regulations that they're trying to eliminate, you know, those regulations are extremely important to have clean air, to have clean water, to to make a society to where we care about each other. You talk about the commons, which are extremely important. You know, uh, and what you're talking about as far as the 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 worth, that is extremely important too, because you know everybody has a right to health care. It doesn't matter, you know, how what what bad decisions you've made in life. You have a right to health care just for existing. And uh, I mean, hopefully, we're going to be coming to that conclusion, you know, soon. Uh, I, I, there's a bill in California, just, the, just a single payer bill that just passed their house. It made it out of the committee. Yeah, they, right. You're right. Out of the committee, it didn't pass the house. It was the committee. But I mean, you know, uh, you know, people are talking about this more. I, you know, I think it's very important that these things need to be funded well. But I mean, you know, the idea is that we can have this happen. It's it's been a success all over in Europe and in in Australia and Japan and all these great industrial nations, and it can happen here. And you know we need to, to to make sure to take the emphasis off you know uh, the the greed of of the bankers and the greed of of the upper class who are oppressing people. Let them you know uh, get educated and and contribute in in many ways uh, that, that's going to help society in general. No, John, that is. That is so true, but in doing so, right, <clears throat> and, and and my listeners, sorry for the cough, I'm working sick today, I was supposed to be at a rally, couldn't go there, so we went ahead and made sure the show still occurred, I was going to do the show from the rally, but anyhow, this is important, this is important, what John said is very important, but also I really want to put in people's heads that the rich didn't get there because they were worthy of being rich. Right now, many Americans still believe that. And we are not going to be able to, we are not going to be able to assert our own worth unless we can deassert the delta increase in worth of the wealthy. And what I mean by that is as follows. 
when you go out there and you see the rich and famous, to think that you are beneath them because they're rich and famous <clears throat> is something that we need to get out of our psyche. There is nothing that they have over you. That doctor that you go to, to, to heal you, that teacher that teaches your kids in the every, every day, that professor who teaches in college that's not a star on TV, that isn't a banker, that isn't, you know, those are the people that make the banker rich. Those are the people that make the broker rich. But they don't get any of the spoils. So it is important that we first, within our own psyche, realize that the wealthy has no more right to that wealth than you do. You are partially responsible for that wealth. And to put it bluntly, much of it was stolen legally based on those who designed our economic system. And what has to be done is the modification of our economic system so that all the wealth is distributed more equitably. It is so important. But again, like I said, the most important part is accepting your worth. Because when you accept your worth, you can go out there and fight and say, no, I'm not going to let you say you earned that. I'm not going to allow that. Look, when, I, when I'm running my software stuff, I busted my butt till 1, 4 in the morning, 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Yes, I earned some of what I made. But like I, think, like I always do, and the reason I repeat some of this is that we have people that are coming in and out, coming in and out on these shows. And that's why I repeat a lot sometimes. But again, what I say, thank you, American taxpayer. Thank you, tax, Texas taxpayers. Because on, on your backs, many of us have built whatever we were able, the little we were able, or, or for somewhat the lot that they were able to accumulate. And it's imperative that we force all those that were able to accumulate anything, able to accumulate anything, to know that it wasn't done on your own. We, give that, we gave them a society. We gave them a society that made that capable. Tom Hines says, this might be off the subject. My twin girls go to a very expensive college in, in Kentucky, in Transylvania. Okay, I, uh, I don't know what that means, Tom, but you may want to tell me a little bit more. Bo Campbell also say, we said we need a huge investment in education and the poor need to be re attached to the land. Home and land ownership is the only way back for America. Um, I have some issues about land ownership. I don't know. I am still fuzzy about land ownership. I mean, I own my house and I imagine I own the top of the land that I'm on, but I think down below in my land, the, the, the mineral rights belong to, uh, oh, really? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll figure that out later, my friend. I'll think about that, Tom, or, or talk, talk about that later. But um, I've, 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 I'm fighting with myself on, on land ownership. And the reason why I always fight on my, with myself on land ownership is I think about, uh, uh, John, do you remember that big ranch in um, South Texas? It's the biggest ranch, I think, in the country. King Ranch. King Ranch. The, There's yeah. a huge ranch by, that's owned by a family in Texas. They own that land. And my thing is, how did they get that land? Who gave them rights to that land? Uh, you know, when we expanded the, the country, we just came out and took land. And then from then on, all land is owned by whom? I don't know that you can really own land because there's a, it's a finite resource and we all die and come back and die and come back. So uh, I don't know. Uh, so I am still fighting with myself on land ownership, uh, I, I, I kind of believe more maybe in, and I don't know, there's a thing called rentiers, right? Uh, uh, that we are stewards of the land. I believe in being stewards of the land while you're alive. I don't know if I believe in transferring land when one dies. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm still trying to frame it in my head because there are some people that were never able to get land because of how they came to the country. They were at a disadvantage, 
So that meant their entire chain would have been at a disadvantage throughout history. So I don't know. I'm still making up my mind on those types of issues. Maybe you guys can help me with, uh, you know, theories as far as how to think about that. John, you want to say anything on that? Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, it's kind of kind of hitting uh, close to home here because, uh, you know, uh, my family on my father's side it were pretty large ranchers. I mean, they. I mean, I actually own land myself right now. I mean, I own quite a bit of land. And, uh, you know, and so, I mean, I I, I don't know. uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, when they came in the uh, 1840s, you know, they took this land uh, after after the Mexican War and, you know, it was still worth, you know, quite a bit of money to where, you know, like uh, one of the things that Trump wants to eliminate, which is really horrible, is the uh, estate tax, which, uh, you know, basically only affects 0.2 percent of the uh, population. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. And so, but I mean, it did affect my grandfather. And so, right. so what he did is he gave, he gave, you know, a lot of land to, to each of his sons and daughters. So he wouldn't be affected by it. And then when he died, you know, there was, he still had, you know, quite a bit of land. And so, I mean, that's just, that's the way it is. I mean, I see your point. Your, your point is, is that, you know, is that right? I mean, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it, how different that is than, you know, having money that you give to, to your daughter or to your, uh, you know, or your, give your house to your daughter or something. But I mean, because I don't know. I need, I think it, that really needs a lot of examination. You know, I don't know. And, 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 you know, I think, you know, a lot of people like to come out and just say, oh, land ownership is wrong or, or the estate, you know, passing down the estate is wrong. I mean, I, you, you really have to think about that because, again, um, when we talk about equity and that sort of thing and how folks actually got their wealth, I mean, there, there's a whole lot to think about there. And, again, like I said, I have a house, big house, that is, uh, will be paid for this year. I own some other, some other stuff. And the question that you ask yourself is, I mean, I, I would hate for someone to say, oh, you can't own that or whatever, deep inside for my own personal economy now in the aggregate you know if if there was a if there was a mass change in our economies i could see how things could be arranged differently but it would have to come with a mass change i mean i don't know though that is what i'm saying folks that that part but anyway our subject today was automation we kind of covered automation uh, 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 quite a bit in different in different forms uh my tenet is that I think automation is a good thing, and automation in the long run will uh, mean or must mean that human beings will work less and gain and have more money. But anyhow, we're at the end of the show, and I'd like to give my great friend, Senor John, the last word. Okay, I just want to talk just a, just real quick about the some of the Trump pass through uh, tax plan. Uh, you know, one of the things he talks about is the pass-through, which will which happened in Kansas. It'll take the rate people at the highest rate paying 39.5 percent. They'll take their tax rate to the corporate rate, which is 15 percent. It was a disaster in Kansas. It'll be a disaster here. He also wants to eliminate the alternative minimum tax, which will go from 39. He paid uh, in 2005, the only year that the taxes were released that we've seen. He paid 38 million dollars in taxes. He would have only paid seven without the alternative minimum tax. He wants to release, to eliminate that. So, I mean, this tax plan is the worst thing that has happened in the modern era, worse than any Reagan tax cut. We really must fight against this. We have to have a more equitable society, and this is, this is going in the other direction. And, right. you know, just like this, like health care, we need to fight against that. There's momentum for them putting this terrible bill that had a 17 approved percent approval rating it's even worse now it's and now you know i hope it doesn't pass we need to to start uh, talking to our congress people talking to our senators try to stop that thank you very much john folks look first of all um thank you so kindly for being a part of this discussion please remember to go ahead and share these videos okay it is important that we make sure that americans know the story that they are hearing on tv isn't always so and there are other ways of thinking. And to Tom Hines, 
thank you for putting that information out there. I'll probably try to get it, give more coverage to what you have to say as soon as I verify some of that, my friend. And again, folks, thank you for listening to Politics yeah. Done Right. Okay. This is Egberto Willis. You guys have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Thank you, guys. John, you have a great day. Now, folks, I do. Say-